Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Newcastle United legend John Anderson. He was part of a special Facebook event in which we got on to discussing the takeover saga, the transfer window, Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lewis, the season ahead, Steve Bruce and West Ham on Saturday. It's a very special episode, so please like and subscribe. Hello and welcome to Chronicle Live over on Facebook. For those listening later on our podcast, thanks for tuning in or watching later on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in as well. I'm joined by John Anderson, as you can see, Cast United legend and co-BBC and Cast United co-commentator alongside Matthew Raisbeck. John, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, are you looking forward Hi, to you're looking forward to the new season kicking off on Saturday? It's going to be really strange, Andrew. I mean, seeing all the games after lockdown with no supporters in stadiums and it's it's a really really strange atmosphere um but yeah look we've 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 got to get on with it um and i think with the new signings that have come in um i think steve bruce has done well in this window uh you know he's he, he's strengthened in in areas that we needed um and I think the start that we've got decent, you know, West Ham, West Ham, even though it's away from home, uh, I think we're capable, more than capable, I think, of going there and getting the result uh, on, on Saturday. Obviously, we'll talk about the transfer window in just a bit, but um, I mean, that was going to be the main topic. But then yesterday, Newcastle United released a statement on the table. For those who haven't seen it, it's just on the screen there. Yeah. But um, if you haven't seen it, you might have been living under a rock. But uh, amazing stuff. That statement alone, and then we've had the Premier League statement earlier this afternoon, which uh, put to bed pretty much everything that Newcastle claimed. Newcastle claimed that the takeover had been officially rejected. The Premier League said it hadn't, and they said they were disappointed and surprised in the statement. Just to first of off, I mean, when you saw that statement drop last night, John, what were you thinking? What was your first initial reaction? I have to say, it came as a complete surprise. Um, you know, I, I didn't expect it. Um, it was, I think it was strongly worded as well. Um, you know, you can tell that the, Mike Ashley wasn't happy. The football club wasn't happy. He's saying that they gave the Premier League everything that they required and everything that they wanted. Um, it, it's a little bit tit for tat now. You know, it, it's going to be really interesting to say, see where this one goes. Um, obviously, the Premier League have replied. We'll see what the response is from Newcastle United. And it's going to be interesting to see if PIF get involved in it as well. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, it, it's one to keep keep a very, very close eye on. And were you expecting such a strong reply from the Premier League as well? Because, I mean, they've come out and, you know, their statement hasn't exactly been uh, lacking punch, has yeah. it? And, you know, they've, it, it, like you say, it is going to go back and forth now. Were you surprised yeah. at the strength of that statement? Yeah, I mean it's it's all legal jargon, really. It's what you expect from legal people. Um, you know, one lot of lawyers say one thing; they get a response from the opposition saying exactly what you think they're going to say. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how we we reply to it. You know, it's um, I wasn't too sure whether it had gone away or not. Um, it had gone very very quiet. But I think that that came out of the blue last night. The uh, the statement from 
from Newcastle United, from Mike Ashley, uh, came totally out of the blue. And as I said to you earlier, Andrew, it's going to be really, really interesting to see where this one finishes up. You mentioned there that you thought it maybe had gone away since all the the, uh, the pressure that had been put on from MPs, from fans, from the supporters' trust. Great uh, show of unity. Um, but releasing that statement so close to the season, and it's been a really positive week. You mentioned there the transfers and it'll yeah. in the moment, but it's part of me. You know, we wanted a response from the club, yes, and then I'm part of me thinking, well, is now really the right time to to, to start the fight again? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, is it a couple of days before the season starts the right time to get into it all? Um, you know, it 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 distracts from from the football side of it. Um, you know, I think the way that the supporters responded when they were asked to respond um, with the petition and everything else that was signed was was immense. You know, it was unbelievable the response that they got. But then it all went very dead. You know, it, the supporters did their bit. Um, they answered the call that Amanda Stavely put out to them and then all of a sudden she disappeared you know she didn't come back with anything whatsoever and then to get that last night there was a bolt out of the blue um, but the way that it's gone I mean you just think that the next step is going to be legal action now are the club prepared to do that will they be prepared to do that with the backing of PIF we'll have to wait and see Got a question here from one of our watchers there. You can see it on the screen. He says, what's your gut feeling, Ando? Do you think Ashley's plotting behind the scenes to rekindle the takeover or just hoping to gain some sympathy from fans? Well, funny enough, I spoke to a few people and they're divided on it, really. Some people think that he's, he's just playing the nicey-nice card to try and get supporters back on side. Um, that it's ju- just a ploy to get su- get supporters back on side. Other people think that he's serious about it. I think the thing with Mike Ashley is he, he, he doesn't say very much. You know, we haven't, in all his time here, we haven't heard him say an awful lot. So for him to come out and say that last night, you have to think that he's sincere about it, you know, that he wants he wants this looked at. Um, but as a, the, the the next the next course of action, I, I feel is has got to be legal, you know, un, unless they take it to the uh, to the courts. I don't think there's going to be be any outcome. Transfers, meanwhile, Newcastle had to strengthen. Were you surprised? I mean, they've brought in uh, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, Jeff Hendrick, all good players, Jamal Lewis, and obviously Mark Gillespie as well. To me, it's a sign of real intent that there's some quality players being brought in. Have you been surprised? Because it's been quite the outlay as well, Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis. Yeah. Uh, exactly cheap. Have you been surprised that Mike Ashley has is, is dipped in and, and, and backed to you, Bruce? Um, I, I, I have been, if I'm perfectly honest, yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about the signings is that they've all got Premier League experience. They know what the league's all about. You know, it's not as, as if they've been thrown in at the deep end and not know what to expect. They've been there, they've got the T-shirts, so to speak. Um, they know what Premier League football and what's expected of, of them in the Premier League. Um, you know, Lewis, the young boy Lewis, I think is a good sign. And I remember being one of the first games of the season, last season we went to Norwich um, and Lewis on left wing back and Aaron's right wing back caused us all sorts of problems. Good, good engine, good pace, joins in, gets crosses in, looked a good player. 
and the boy on the other side, Young Aaron's looked looked a good player as well. So yeah, I think he's a good signing. Um, Wilson, you wouldn't say that Wilson's prolific, but his movement's good. Gets himself in in good areas. Uh, he's a good player. He's a good and I suppose that there's a bit more pressure on him because of the outlay that we we spent on Joe Linton last season and his goals return. I think there'll be a little bit of pressure on Wilson to score early. You know, I think if if anything, he needs to he, he needs to score early. Take uh, take a little bit of pressure off himself. Um, because the longer it goes, the more difficult it then becomes. Fraser, we know about, didn't have the greatest season in the world last season. Um, I think he thought that he had clubs lined up and because he didn't perform last season, it probably fell through from with certain clubs. Season before, he was excellent. You know, good pace, gets at people, scores goals, creates goals. Um Jeff Hendrick, seen plenty of Jeff Hendrick for Ireland. Busy, good energy, gets up and down. The thing with Jeff Hendrick is he can play in numerous positions, trying to tie him down to one position. or try, For him to try and tie, him, tie himself down to one position is going to be difficult. You know, I think he wants to play in the middle of midfield. Um, does he get in there at the weekend ahead of Shelby, Sean Longstaff, Hayden? You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But overall, I think that four decent signings because, as I say, they, they've got Premier League experience and they know what it's all about. Now, a few of them are towards the age where a few years ago Newcastle would not yeah. put the outlay out. We've got a question here from Ian Crow and he's just asking, do you think Wilson Hendrick this window uh, actually thought he was still selling the club as he's on typical Ashley signings with the age and contract length? And that's a valid point, isn't it? What, what you yeah, it is. It's a very valid point. You know, uh, Wilson, £20 million on somebody of his age. Um, unless the penny is finally dropped with Mike Ashley, that, you know, 28, 29, some players are only getting into their prime. You know, some some players are only peaking at that age. Um, and the penny may well have finally dropped that he's got to bring some senior players in, some experienced players in. It's all about getting the blend right and getting the balance right, you know. As I said earlier, they've got experience. Hendrick has got international experience. Wilson's got got international experience as well. So, you know, they know what the game's about. Uh, They've been there. So, I think you could look at it and think, well, maybe he knows the club's going to be signed and he can add this on to, <laughs> to, 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 to the value of the club. I don't know. I mean, we could, we could think about it all night long and, and, and not come up with the right answer. But I, I, I just like to think that maybe the penny has finally dropped with him, that he realises he has to bring senior players in. It's okay buying certain players for the future, but you need that bit of experience in there as well. I mean, Steve Bruce has wanted, he's, he's made no secret that he wanted Premier League experience, that British core. And he's. we, we saw it last season with you know Federico Fernandez getting that extension, Andy Carroll coming in and then getting a, a new one-year deal, Shelby, Matt Ritchie as well. And that similar age bracket, you know, they're not exactly earning pennies, are they? You know, they're two of the club's most expensive uh, weekly wage packets and they've been given bumper deals. So do you think Steve Bruce has kind of been in the ER and he's, he's, he's won the battle maybe somewhere that Rafa Benitez potentially failed because we know the battles Rafa had 
Yeah. And it seems like maybe Bruce has won that battle. I don't know what you think. Maybe. Um, I mean, I have to admit, you would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the meetings between Benitez and Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley, um, you know, to, to hear exactly what was going on. Um, I think Steve Bruce would be saying, look, we need experience. We need players with Premier League experience. We need players who know what the league's about. It's okay going abroad and bringing players in. We've tried that in the past and look, look what's happened. Um, you know, and again, it comes back to the penny drop on with Mike Ashley where he thinks, well, actually, yeah, you may well have a point there. We, we need to look closer to home and see what we can get in, see the, the players that we can get. Um, I mean, as I say, the, the, the forward that he's brought in got no problem with them whatsoever um, because they've got that experience. I know there's a lot of people who still aren't happy with, with the business that's been done, but I think it's been de- decent business. I'd like to think, I'd like to think that there'd be a couple more come in before uh, that transfer window closes as well. Is that your call up to get signed? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's him on the phone, yeah. <laughs> um, we've been asked here by Tommy Blacker whether, do you think this is the business done now or is there anywhere that you'd like to still see Newcastle strengthen? For me, a striker, no. another striker would be important because at the moment, yeah. you've probably only got Callum Wilson who can really hit it hit it in the Premier League. I, I hope it's not. Um, I'd like to see them, like you said, Andrew, I'd like to see them bring in another, another forward player. Um, but... Uh, that be on loan or whether it's a permanent deal and they've got to go and spend more money. Um, I think right back, we we need strengthening. I'd like to see him bring in a right back. Uh, I think we've got plenty of cover across midfield. Um, I think the problem he's got, as much as you would like to see some players, some more players coming in, I think he's got to unload first. You know, all of a sudden we're starting to look top heavy. Now, there's a lot of players on big contracts, decent contracts. Unloading these players is going to be easier said than done. Noel Lejeune has gone to, uh, gone to Spain um, on loan, but can you get others out? You know, you, you, um, Muto, um, Yedlin, would he be looking to get rid of Yedlin? Don't see Yedlin being, being first choice. I think he shares another one he may well want to get rid of. Um, Aaron's who they gave a big deal to and never kicked on, never progressed to the way that they thought that he was going to. Uh, Sabe there, Lazar is still there. You know, these are players that you got off the, you get them off the wage bill. All of a sudden, you've got more money to play with and you can wheel and deal a bit more. But get actually getting rid of them and getting them out of the football club is going to be difficult. That's the issue, isn't it? Because you've got the likes of Andre Sabe, probably on thirty-five, forty thousand pound Muto. Not too dissimilar to that, if higher. Um, the, and the, the leagues where they're suited to maybe Turkey, you know, the, the Bundesliga for Muto, they're not exactly going to pay the wage that Newcastle are playing because of the Premier League side. Yeah, look, it, you know, it's it's a case of do these players actually want to play football or are they quite happy to sit and see their contracts out and just pick their money up? Um you would like to think that there's there's one or two of them there who are good lads who want to get out and they want to play football. They want to play football week in, week out. Um, I'm sure there's a few who are quite happy just to sit and pick their wage packets up. Um, and there's not a great deal that you can do about that. You know, I think if the club want to do deals for them, they're going to have to come to a financial uh, 
a financial deal with them, um, you know, to, to pay them up in some way, to, to get them off the wage bill. Okay, they might be going to different leagues where their wage won't be as great and we may have to make the rest of that, uh, that up. But if you want them out of the club, that's, that's the way you're going to have to do it, I think. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything is Black and White podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thank you very much for listening. mentioned there Cher and Lejeune Lejeune looks like he's going to head to La Liga Cher he had an operation dislocated shoulder so he's not yet fully fit um, we'll concentrate first of all on, on Cher is it is a fellow centre-back can you see where it's gone wrong for him because he had that storm in season and then something just whether it's a change of manager or a change of style something's just I, not clicked for him I don't think it's a change of manager I think it's a change of system a lot of people think Cher's um, one of the better centre-backs and a lot of people thought he's the best centre-back. Football and wise, yes, both good on the ball. But I don't think you could play either of them as one of two centre-backs. I think if you're going to play them, you've got to play them in one of the three. Uh, I think Rafa Benitez spotted that. He didn't think he could play them as a two, so he reverted to the three. Uh, because Cher, as we know, likes to get on it, likes to get forward, brings it forward, uses it well. But if he does that in a four, he isolates people. He doesn't, um, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're very, very easy to get at if you're, if you're, if you're playing with a straight back four. Steve Bruce wants to play with a straight back four and he obviously felt that Lejeune and Cher weren't going to be able to do that. Hence the reason you think that they're going to be gone. Uh, and Steve Bruce, big season for him. You know, he came in last summer, and it was a bit of a mess. It could have gone, it could have gone drastically wrong. Um, but overall, a good season that he had last season. But n- now that he's kind of he's changed Mike Ashley's approach to transfers, he's bringing in the players that he wants. He's kind of got no more excuses in it in many a way because he's he, it's now it's up to him. He's been given what he wants. So how big of a season is it for Steve Bruce? I think it's a big season for him. You know, I think last season and a lot of the football was was really poor. You know, um, it was poor to watch. It wasn't great. Um, there was results we got away with. You know, there was games that we should have shouldn't have got anything out of that we did. You know, the Everton one's the one that springs to mind. We should have been out of the sight. You've got your four minutes of added on time, two 0 down, and all of a sudden you, you get a point and. You think, how did that ever happen? I remember, I I think I watched that a few weeks ago and if I'm not mistaken, you you turned to Razor and you said something like, I don't know if it was like blow the whistle now or something. I'll tell you what I said. I said, Razor went, uh, we've got four minutes of added on time and I went, do you really want another four minutes of this? (laughs) Just shows you how things can change. (laughs) But look, there there, there was games last season that we got stuff out of that we shouldn't have done. Um, the football wasn't great at times. Um, in the end, it was a decent season, decent finish where we finished. But what was it? Four wins in the last 20 games, 22 games. Not going to be good enough. You know, It needs to improve. The results need to be better this season because that type of form, you won't get out of it next season. 
Mm. And another question from one of our viewers here from Ernie. He says, in the current squad, uh, who is best in the number 10 rule, which we assume Steve Bruce is going to play again this season? Yeah, he, he, he's got options there. Um, he could play Almiron in there. Um, he could play St. Maximum in there. You know, St. Maximum, busy, good feet. Um, play Fraser on the left. You know, so he's got, he's got one or two options. Sean Longstaff has done well in that hole as well. Um, you know, so he's got one or two options there. That, and I'm sure that it's something that he's looked at in pre-season. I don't think pre-season's been great, but it hasn't been great for a lot of teams because they haven't been able to get the games against the opposition that they wanted. You know, they've had to localise it in one thing and another. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see what way he goes against West Ham on, on, on Saturday evening. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the side's going to be. Well, we've asked our readers on Chronicle Live to pick their team. Um, yeah. And this is it here. Um is that is that a team that you'd go for, John? Is that the lineup bearing everyone if everyone's fit? I mean, Fraser probably I, won't be I fit and ready to go. But yeah, yeah, I I don't think Fraser will play. I don't. Fraser hasn't played since last March, and it doesn't matter how well he's kept himself physically and mentally. Um, you lose that match sharpness now. Not playing since March, I think he's a couple of weeks away. Um, I don't think he'll play. I'd go along with the rest of the team, mate. I think that the rest of that side that, that was put up on the screen, um, I'd go with that. He may well play uh, Matt Ritchie on that right side. Um, away from home, you know what you're going to get from Ritchie. Walk right, desire, chasing, uh, closing people down, getting the ball back. Um, I don't see Fraser playing, but I'd go along with the rest of that team. Have you been impressed with how the, the new signs have been speaking that media day yesterday and all well. three of them have spoken really well and yeah. that that seems to be that real desire to, to want to be here in Newcastle yeah I, I, I think they've all spoken very well um, they've all got a, a buzz about being around the place and being at Newcastle they all realise what a big big club it is unfortunately for a while they're going to be playing in empty stadiums they're not going to see what these fans are all about but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's still a big football club, um, you know, and getting the opportunity to come here. They've all got that, seem to have that enthusiasm. They've all spoke very well. Uh, I think they've, they've said the right things, um, but now they've got to go and do it. You know, it's all about, it's, it's one thing talking about it. You've now got to go and produce the goods and you've got to do it on the pitch. Before we finish with a couple of uh, questions about your career in Newcastle, uh, the prediction for the rest as well for the season do you see Newcastle having a comfortable season in the top 10 I mean Callum Wilson spoke about getting in the top 10 and he, he I think used the word easy or uh, I'm not mistaken I don't think anything's going to be easy in the Premier League um, hopefully the performances and the results are better than last year they've, they've got to be better than last year because as I said four wins from the last 22 games or whatever it was that's not going to be good enough that's relegation form no matter what way you look at it so performances have got to be better. Results have got to be better. Um, Mid-table, I think, yeah, as long as we finish higher than last season, we can finish higher than last season and improve and then improve again the following season. That's, it's, it's, it's baby steps. You know, it's little steps, tiny little steps, tiny improvements. I know 
a lot of supporters won't be happy here and that they, they want everything to happen immediately but unfortunately that's not, not going to be the case but I think with the signings that he's brought in and if he gets another couple in two maybe three I think we'll be okay I think we'll finish mid-table Final question from one of the viewers there. Um, we've, we've mentioned Hendrik already. You said you've seen a lot of him play for Ireland. Now he said that he wants to play in that central role. We've mentioned the options that Steve Bruce has in the centre. Um, yeah. We didn't even mention Matty Longstaff, who's another one who's signing yeah. new contract. So you wonder what he's been told. Do you think Hendrik can A, have a good season and B, make that central role his own? I think there's a lot of competition for places in there. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on players to go and produce, you know, because they know that if they're if they're not if they don't produce, if they're not playing well, there's other people there to come in. Um, I think when Hendrick gets his chance, I don't think he'll play at the weekend because um, obviously he's been away on international duty and one thing and another. But I think when his opportunity comes along, he's got to make sure that he grabs it with both hands um, because, as I say, there's a lot of competition in for those two central midfield roles. Nice dilemma to have, though, isn't it? We're talking about competition. Yeah. yeah, great. I mean, you know, last season we t- we spoke about how strong we were defensively from a centre half point of view. We we had loads of centre backs, and if we picked up an injury, somebody came in, and you didn't have a problem with it. Then all of a sudden, they all got injured together. But you look at this midfield area now, and you look at this central midfield area, and you know, obviously, we didn't didn't mention Matty Longstaff, but there is plenty of competition in there. So the pressure is on people who get the short, who get the nod to make sure that they perform um, because other people will be looking over their shoulder saying, well, if you're, if you're not going to be doing it, I'm, I'm, I'm here ready to step in. We'll finish then with a couple of questions on your career. When you first signed for Newcastle um, in that summer of 82, I believe it was, did you expect that you'd be there for 10 years and you'd rack up, what was it, 330 odd appearances in the league? No, not really. Um, it, it, you know, I signed a couple of weeks before Kevin. Um, we both ar- arrived in similar circumstances. He, he arrived on an aeroplane. I arrived on a on a bus. Uh, you know, so we arrived in public transport. Um, he had a bu- He had he had a tr- uh, the plane named after him. Um, but it was it w- it was phenomenal. You know, to to arrive and then for Kevin to arrive and Terry Mack and you know it was a phenomenal season um, the promotion season 83-84 you know there was Kevin Waddler Peter Beardsley um, players who scored goals Terry Mack Davey McCreary you know all good players good pros you know Kenny Wharton local lads as well Kevin Carr was in goal Jeff Clark came from Sunderland um, you know so it was it it was brilliant, but to, to be there 10 years and play as many games as I, I did, no, I never expected it, but uh, thankful that it happened. Thankful that it happened and, of course, never moved away. I was going to say, I mean, we've got someone, we've got Tommy back on. He says, just like Sutermac, John Anderson, build him a statue. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, that's nice, what, but no, thank you. Yeah. What is it with, because like you say, you've never moved away, so... Do, you, do, do players just get lost in that feeling and, and that love and affection that the, I, the crowd show them if they put 100% into playing for Newcastle? I have to say, um, the Geordie people are the closest thing to Irish people that I've come across. You know, friendly, um, good banter, uh, good bit of crack, um, don't suffer fools, um, you know. And as I say, never expected to be here 10 years and was it? nearly 40 years now so um, it just 
it's the nature of the people. You know, they're just great, great people. Um, made a lot of friends and no intention to move on anywhere. Um, but it's, it's just a great place, you know, and I'm sure when these boys, these new boys find out how great a place it is and how, how great the people are, you know, they'll feel exactly the same, hopefully. Good question. There. Who was the best player that you played with, John, um, and against as well? So with and against. I'm going to get slaughtered. People are going to say Peter Beardsley or Gaza or whatnot. Paul McGrath is the best player I ever played with. Um, Paul McGrath had no knees. He, he never trained. And he was a phenomenal player. You know, Jack, he was a centre-back at Manchester United, centre-back at Villa. And uh, Jack played him in middle and midfield at, uh, at international level. And he stood out like a sore thumb. He was brilliant. He was a phenomenal player. Um, best I played against was Maradona. Maradona was brilliant. Um, he was just different class. I was. I'm pleased I didn't have to play against him every week. Put it that way. He was. <laughs> he, he, he was a super super player. Right. I'm going to try and play this little video just. To- So for those listening on our podcast, that was John hitting a screamer against Hull City. Now, a couple of questions. A, what were you doing so far up the pitch? Mm. And and B, I mean, what a finish. Yeah, it could have went anywhere. (laughs) I think you would end up flowing high, high wide and not so handsome. Uh, Yeah, cut it sweet as a a nut. Fortunately, a little bit of bend on it and uh, went in the bottom corner. But didn't score too many, but... Got the odd one that wasn't too bad. The one against Watford as well. The free kick stands out for many people. Um, I mean, Alan Shearer would have been proud of that one. Was yeah, that the I mean, it was a, one? yeah, free kick. Brocky just touched it and just flew in top corner. Um, as I say, didn't score too many, but there was one or two decent ones in there. <laughs> um, and then just finally then, if by any luck some of the new signs are watching this, and if you are, hello, I doubt, doubtful, but... What would be your message to them if they wanted to come to you and they wanted to say, you know, how do I make success of my time here at Newcastle? How do I get the fans on side? Go and enjoy it, but don't hide. Whatever you do, don't hide. Um, support us here. We'll put up with you having bad times and bad games, but they'll stick with you as long as they know that you're giving it 100% every time you pull on a, a black and white shirt. If you do that, they'll stick with you. They'll see you through it. Um, but mainly go and enjoy it because there's nowhere there's nowhere better to play your football than, than St James's Park when it's full and supporters are behind you. It's it's a phenomenal place to play. Enjoy every minute of it while you can. Fantastic, John. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Um and we look forward to hearing you once again on BC Newcastle when uh, the season kicks off. You're going down to West Ham on, on Saturday, I take it? West Ham on Saturday, yeah. Um going down to the Athletic Stadium. Mm, which is not the best of stadiums to visit when no, there's a crowd there so what's it I mean what, what's it going to be like without a, a crowd well, there it, it's soulless when there was 50,000 in it so God knows what it's going to be like when there's nobody in it and you're a million miles away from you know uh, you need a pair of binoculars but look it, it, it is what it is we've we, we've got to make do I mean the sooner the supporters are back the better but it doesn't look like that's going to happen for quite some time by the looks of it and your prediction then, just quickly for Saturday, are you predicting a win? win? I honestly do. Um, West Ham haven't had the best pre-season. Uh, I think 
I honestly think we can go there and win. I'm confident. Uh, and I'm not usually, I usually sit on the fence a little bit, but I, I think we'll go there and win on Saturday night. Fantastic. Well, have a safe journey down. And once again, thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, Andrew. Pleasure.